listening to the Stormcast, a podcast from the Omaha Storm Chasers. Oh, he got him! Oh, he got him! Escobar got him at first! And that ball's way out of here! It's a two-run game-winning homer! Here's your host, Jake Eisenberg. Everyone get on your feet, stir up the storm, we're family! Hello, and welcome to the Stormcast. It's our first episode of 2022, and believe it or not, we're less than 100 days away from opening day. This is the official podcast of the Omaha Storm Chasers, the AAA affiliate of the Kansas City Royals. Appreciate you joining us. I'm Jake Eisenberg, the team's play-by-play broadcaster and communications coordinator. Today, we're hanging out with Jose Quas, a right-handed reliever who made his AAA debut with the Storm Chasers the very last week of the 2021 season. He started the year pitching in independent baseball with the Long Island Ducks before the Royals signed him in June and sent him to AA, where he helped the Northwest Arkansas Naturals win the AA Central title. He was lights out for the Naturals bullpen. He had a 195 ERA in 22 appearances with 32 strikeouts and just seven walks in 32 and a third innings. It's especially impressive because Jose wasn't even a pitcher until a few years ago. We talked about him playing third base at the University of Maryland and the super regional teams he played for there, struggling as a position player in pro ball and then switching to being a pitcher in 2018, how he developed his sidearm arm slot with the help of his brother and a big league veteran with over 400 career saves and so much more. This is the 34th episode of the Stormcast, which means there are a bunch of other earlier episodes to check out if you're tuning in for the first time. Last month, we chatted with right-hander Jace Vines about being a new dad, his winding baseball journey from junior college to the precipice of the big leagues, and so much more. And we've also got some great episodes lined up as we get ready for the 2022 season, so stay tuned for those. Before we dive in, one reminder, because there does seem to be a little bit of confusion about this, and understandably so, uh, about the current CBA negotiations and the lockout and how that affects us at Werner Park. So here's the bottom line. The 2022 minor league season and players not on the 40-man roster or signed to a major league contract will be unaffected by the lockout and our minor league club operations will continue without interruption. So basically, no matter what happens with the lockout, and we hope it ends soon, we'll bring Storm Chasers baseball to you on opening day on April 5th, and we'll see you at Warner Park for our home opener on April 12th. And wouldn't you know it, one of the players that could be closing out an opening day win for the Chasers in a few months is none other than Jose Quas. He joins us now on the Stormcast. Jose, you won a double-A title, you made your triple-A debut, then you go off and play in the Dominican Republic during the offseason, and now it seems like things have finally started to settle down a little bit? Yeah, finally back home after a, a long but exciting year. Started off with signing with the Royals back in May or June, uh, winning a championship in double-A, going to triple-A and finishing out a strong year, and then going to the Dominican Republic to just continue pitching and continue getting better and figuring myself out. And now I'm finally back home, ready for spring training. So we'll kind of get into that 2021 season in a second. But first, I want to hear about your experience down in the Dominican Republic with Aguilas and in Lidome and facing, you know, all those guys in that atmosphere down there. What was it like? Oh, it's an amazing atmosphere, an amazing experience for me. This year, they allowed fans. So it was it was hectic, especially when we played Lisey, which is our, our rival. It was a packed house, and those fans are they are nuts, but I loved it. I'm ready to pitch in any game in Game 7 of the World Series. 
And there, there are some other Royals minor leaguers and prospects down there, too. Did you get a chance to face any of them? Why well, I did face uh, Guzman. Jason Guzman. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I faced him, uh, Viloria. Got to face him as well. And then I bumped in Pasquantino. He was out there. Eric Mejia. Did you get to he, Did you get to face Pujols at all? Yes, I faced him. <laughs> in a fly ball okay. to second base. That was exciting. So you got him out? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So you got back to the States when? Uh, I want to say beginning of December. Okay, and so now it's kind of just off-season maintenance, preparation, working out, taking care of your family, things like that? Exactly. Spending time with the family and getting into my training. And the fam- the family grew, right, recently? Yes. Yes, it's two now. I have a three-year-old and a 10-month-old baby girl. Three-year-old son, 10-month-old baby girl. What are their names? Uh, Jose, after me, the third, and the girl's Annalise. So you're a junior, and your son is now the third. That's cool. The third. Yep. <laughs> and then and then Annalise, baby girl. Baby girl. Did they get a chance to watch you pitch at all this season? Yes, they flew down to Arkansas. They were there for about two weeks. It was exciting. My son is finally starting to understand a little bit. He's still young, but he understands Dada, and when I'm pitching, he's it's crazy. He gets nervous. I didn't know a three-year-old would actually few emotions like that <laughs> where he gets nervous and he yells and i heard him in the stands yelling that that strikes so that was amazing to have him there now now maybe one day jose the third will listen to this and learn a little bit more about his dad's baseball career and his baseball journey because you know he sees dad now on the mound pitching but you know coming up through college and early on in your minor league career you were not a pitcher jose you were an infielder you were playing third base at the university of maryland you were playing shortstop in the brewer system and then you make the switch to pitch in 2018 that that about right yes 2018 so let's let's talk about you know college first and coming up as an infielder and you know growing up in brooklyn and then going to the university of maryland you, you get there with one of your high school teammates and kevin martier you guys have a ton of success there and you're a keystone third baseman for one of the best teams in the acc and then in the big 10 and going to super regionals and all that yeah well that was definitely one of the best the best three years of my life i would say right now uh well yeah i grew up in brooklyn as an infielder never did i ever think i'd be pitching i was drafted in the 40th round by the toronto blues out of high school but decided to go to college with one of my best friends, Kevin Martia. We went down there, and it was a program that wasn't it wasn't having much success. And that's why I wanted to go in there because I wanted to be part of a of a historic team, a team that did things for the first time. And that's exactly what happened. My sophomore and junior year, we went to Super Regionals, which is the first time Mariners ever done that. Uh, and I'm just happy to be a part of that. I was drafted out of there by the Brewers as a third baseman, was with them for three years, and did all right my first year hitting-wise, and after that, struggled. And I was pretty much forced, if I wanted to keep playing baseball, to make a transition into pitching, which I never thought. And it was it was a big decision I made. I was borderline between quitting baseball or giving myself the second opportunity to pursue my dreams of, pitch, of playing in the big leagues, and I gave it my all. I worked as hard as anyone and here I am today, closer than ever. So how did how did that shake out when you made that decision? Like, hey, you know, hit, hitting's really hard. Like, I get it, you know? Like, it's one of the hardest things to do in sports. But, you know, you got to kind of admit to yourself and say, hey, like, I'm not going to make it to the big leagues as a position player, as a hitter, but you know, I got a pretty good arm. Like, I can sling it across the diamond. Like, maybe I get up on the bump and I can, you know, throw some nasty stuff. Like, when do you say, all right, here's what we're doing. You know, I'm going to Go for it. I mean, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this too, but you throw a sidearm now, but I remember when you first started pitching, you were just kind of throwing over the top. 
Yeah, it was just over the top, and it wasn't it wasn't pitching. I was pretty much just on the mound throwing baseballs, <laughs> <laughs> and I struggled struggled miserably. I had a terrible two months with the Brewers before I was let go, and uh, when I got released, that's when I made I was in the borderline of quitting or giving myself one last chance. And my family sat me down and said, "Hey, let's give it one more shot. You never know what could come out of it." And I went to the Long Island Ducks. Independent ball here in New York, and I'm my first day there. I'm throwing both. I started dropping to see. Let me see if I throw the same velo from a lower slot. And K Rod Francisco Rodriguez, a well-known closer in the big leagues, told me, "Hey, that looks good from down there. Let's stay there and let's work from there." And from there on, it's been low three-quarter slot slinging. And little by little, I started learning how to actually pitch and then command pitches and learning a secondary and a third pitch. And here I am. That that first time you got on the mound and you were throwing over the top and things weren't really going your way, was it kind of like, man, this this is way harder than it looks? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I thought, it, I mean, figuring how hard it is to hit, I figured it'd be easy to pitch. And it wasn't like that when I first started. Over the top, it was, I feel like everything I threw was hit. Mm-hmm. So, but now, now that I dropped, now I'm like, okay, well, I guess it is pretty hard to hit. Because I ask guys, a lot, especially in the Dominican Republic, a lot of the big leagues I face, I would ask them, hey, like, well, what's your approach against me and things like that? And hearing their feedback boosts my confidence because they're like, hey, that's that's nasty, that's unhittable. So I, that's the mentality I pitch with. Hey, I'm unhittable. Just throw strikes. Before he had a chance to pitch with the Long Island Ducks and chat with, you know, veteran guys like Francisco Rodriguez was there anybody that you reached out to during that offseason try and figure out pitching and you know did you throw with Kevin Martyr who you know is was a great catcher at Maryland and you know now is a, a coach in the Yankees organization uh, I'm sure he could give you you know some ideas of what your stuff looks like coming in yeah so it's crazy the person that made me the pitcher I am today is my younger brother and he's he's pretty much my everything he's my my psychologist he's my trainer my everything like he he knows a lot about pitching and knows a lot about how the body works. And me and him, we would throw at all times of the day. It'd be 25 degrees outside and we'd be out there throwing. And he taught me pretty much everything I know. So the person I am today is pretty much his prodigy. What's what's then, his background? Did he play in high school or college at all? Yeah, he played baseball in college, high school. He went to Towson University. Uh, but because of injury... He was limited, but he, he always loved coaching more than he did playing, and he loves teaching, and he learned a lot in college on how uh, the body works and certain muscles in your arm and legs that you use to pitch. So he pretty much gave me everything I needed for me to be where I am today. And, of course, Kevin, I talked to him a bunch. Uh, I send him video. He'll watch video. He'll analyze and send me feedback. And any any advice that anyone gives me, I – I take whether you're a guy who's in high school or a guy who's retired. Like I figure, I think if you take a bit from every information you get, you can build a big project. I think it's kind of neat that you throw from that lower three quarter arm slot now. And back when you were in Maryland, and you know when we were in Maryland, we overlapped there. You know, I remember watching you play third base, and you know you yes. charge you charge in on a grounder, and you're kind of throwing sidearm across the diamond. Are are the motions kind of similar? Yeah, well, that's always been my natural slot. But from the infield, I always threw from that three-quarter slot unless I was going to a backhand. So when I dropped pitching-wise, it seemed more natural to me than it did over the top. 
and now instead of you know throwing across the diamond to first base, you know your target is that catcher's mitt, and you're coming downhill a little bit. Exactly, and that's something I had to learn is how to use the hill. And then you got to learn different pitches because now it's sinker slider mostly, right? Yeah, sinker slider and changeup. So how do you develop those pitches as you know a non-pitcher? Because when you first start, you're like you said, you're just throwing the baseball and you know trying to throw strikes and maybe trying to spot up you know here or there but now you have actual pitches and you're starting to sequence and you're a pitcher mentally and physically not just throwing exactly so i it was a long off seasons it was you know figuring out how to throw strikes with the fastball first how to put it where i wanted to go inside outside and then i worked with the with the slider and changeup and same thing with the slider and changeup like the slider is still a work in progress like i still can't tell you my slider is at his best, or my changeup is at his best. I do feel comfortable with the way I command my fastball, but my off speed is still still developing, and I throw it a lot. That's the only way I can figure things out on grips and where I'm releasing the baseball. So I work a lot on the, in, the, in the off season on my off speed. Of course, I keep commanding my fastball, make sure my fastball is there. It's my best pitch, but making sure I can throw my off speed first strike because I playing at the higher levels, guys spit on those pitches they start eliminating pitches so i need to be able to throw my secondary and even a third pitch for a strike to get them to chase when i want to strike them out most of this past season you were with the northwest arkansas naturals at the double a level and then you had three appearances with the storm chasers up at triple a all of them over in des moines so still haven't made your warner park debut but you know hopefully that's coming in 2022 uh did you notice a, a difference those three games that the level had jumped at all I think it was more me mentally than the competition. Like, yes, the competition was good. It was facing AAA hitters. But me mentally, I think, wow, it's the first time in AAA. Like, I was a little overwhelmed myself until I threw my first inning. Then I'm, okay, this is what it is. And getting used to the baseballs as well because the baseballs were a lot different than they were in AA. But the competition-wise, I mean, it's, it's the competition I face in Dominican Republic. A bunch of big league guys. There's guys there, prospects, and there's also guys who had has big league, have big league experience. But it was a great time. It was only a week, but it was I learned in that week a lot. And your first your first half season, if you will, with the Royals, because you know 2018, you know you part ways with the Brewers, you go to the Long Island Ducks, you, you catch on with the Diamondbacks the next year, but that kind of winds up the same way, and you're back with the Long Island Ducks. You know how did I guess how did the Royals find you pitching? with the Ducks and then bring you to their organization uh, back this summer? Well, T.J. Pena, who's a coach with the Royals, who was in the big leagues last year coaching, he coaches in the Aguilas in Dominican Republic. And I was a free agent last year pitching with them. And uh, he asked me if I still had interest in playing professional baseball. And I said, of course, this is why I'm doing it. And he said, okay, I'm going to give uh, the Royals your info, your name, and I'm going to see if I can get you get you signed. I would call him weekly. Hey, did you speak to them? Hey, did you speak to them? Because I was anxious. I was like, hey, like, I'm doing what I have to do. I, I just want an opportunity. I told him, hey, tell them don't even worry about the money. Give me the minimum, they could, the least they can give a minor league baseball player and just give me a chance. And I'll make sure that I take advantage. And that mentality helped me have the season I had. But TJ is definitely a guy that I have to thank every day because he got me this opportunity. So it's because you met, and this is Tony Pena Jr.? Yes, Tony Pena Jr. So it's because you met him when he was coaching for Aguilas in 2020? Yes, 2020. And then the you, guys, you guys connected and kind of the Royals followed you as you were progressing with the Ducks. And now you're, you know, a step away from being a Kansas City Royal. And 
safe to say that 2022, there's a good chance that, that you're a storm chaser and potentially a Royal, depending on how that season goes. That's pretty exciting. Exactly. I'm excited. I can't wait to get out there. What have been some of the things you've been working on most this offseason now that you've had a chance to kind of finish the competitive play and focus on building toward next year? Well, I'm working on my, my stamina. Because of the way I throw and speaking with the farm director and guys and coaches in the big leagues, I'm a kind of guy that they want innings out of. So I'm a kind of guy that needs to be able to throw back-to-back and throw out of seven games, be able to pitch in four or five games. So conditioning my arm to throw every day. And I want to pretty much be available to pitch every single day because that's where I'm going to be able to open up my chances to pitch in the big leagues. It's a guy who can get out and can throw innings. So I've been doing that with my younger brother, conditioning my arm and seeing how my body reacts to that much workload and seeing what I have to do more of or less of to make sure my body can go 162 games because that's what I'm planning for. Now, you you did that at the end of the 2021 season with the Naturals, you know, that, that three-game series where the Naturals are going for the AA Central Championship, and you pitched in all three games. You got the final out in that last game. You got the dog pile, so you kind of showed a little bit of endurance in that in that playoff stretch like Scott Thorman needed you. Exactly, and that's what I I told him before we entered, before we, we cleansed, hey, if we cleanse, I'm ready to pitch in all three games. And he asked me, hey, you sure? I'm, I said, listen. Once we clear, I say, hey, listen, I'm ready. Just give me the ball if we need it, and I'll close all three games out. And that, the fact that he gave me the ability to do that, like I thank him for that as well, because that also opens up for the people above, the farm director and stuff, to see, hey, this guy can throw three games in a row without losing velocity, losing control, losing, you know. How much does Scott Thorman or any manager having trust in you to be in those big situations help you build confidence to be in those big situations? I guess what I'm, what I'm asking, Jose, is you know, what comes first? The trust from your manager that you can do it or confidence in yourself that you can do it? They both come in hand in hand, but definitely the trust from the managers. I mean, if they're telling me, hey, I trust you to close out three championship games, I mean, I, I sit back and say, wow, if he trusts me, then I should definitely trust myself because – we're talking about the three final games of the year. And he wants to put the ball in my hands. So I, my job is to make sure I don't let him down. Let's talk about dog piles for a second because you've now been in a handful of them. But the two that you were in at Maryland, you were running over from third base. And this one, you were already on the mound. You had nowhere to go. Everyone's coming at you. <laughs> so what's yeah. what, what was that like, you know, getting the final out of that double-A central title and have everyone kind of crashing into you? Oh, it's... It's definitely something I can't even put into words, that excitement, that adrenaline rush. And it's definitely a lot different. I mean, running from third base, I had to make sure I didn't end up in the bottom of the dog pile because it gets tough to breathe under there. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it was, it was still both two amazing experiences. I mean, thank God I didn't, they didn't dog pile. We, didn't, uh, we just jumped around and we stood on our feet. So that was good because if not, I would have been at the bottom of the dog pile, but it would have been all worth it. I mean, it was this. That's what you play for is to win. You mentioned earlier how you wanted to go to Maryland because you wanted to be a part of building a winning tradition and a winning culture with the Terps. And, you know, you're part of two teams that went to back to back super regionals. And you look at that Maryland baseball program now, Jose, and 
they're competing every single year in a way that they weren't really before you got there and before Kevin Martyr got there and Brandon Lau and Kevin Smith and Mike Schmarn and all these guys that were part of that 2014 and 2015 nucleus that, you know, have now reached the big leagues or are very, very close to the big leagues. And I got to imagine that having played with those guys in College Park and seeing all of you collectively having success, that's got to be pretty awesome. Oh, of course, and that and that and that was our goal getting there was that when we leave, we leave a winning program, because it would it would have done nothing if we went. It became it was a winning program while we were there. We left, and then it went back to how man it was, back in the days. So it's that 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 was our goal, and it's and I'm proud to say that I went to Maryland, and I'm happy with what they're doing there. Coach Vaughn is an amazing guy. Matt Swole, Tapio, who was a player, is coaching with him as well. Like it's a great staff, and. I plan on heading down in a couple couple weeks before I head to spring to say hello to them and spend some time with them. You know, it's wild to think of the infield in College Park those couple of years with you at third base and Kevin Smith, who's now at the Toronto Blue Jays at shortstop, Brandon Lau, who's crushing it with the Tampa Bay Rays at second base. Uh, you got Monty Wade, who was kind of an outfielder, also played a little bit of first base. And then, you know, Martyr behind the plate, who was one of the best catchers in the country that year. And now, you know, like we said before, a great coach in the Yankees organization. Uh, you got ace Mike Schwarn on the mound, who was with Omaha for a little bit this year, pitched for the Red Sox a couple of years ago. I mean, that is, that's a big league infield, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's crazy. It's a great job of recruiting, great job of player development as well. Because college falls into, you know, we have to win, we have to win. But what those coaches do is they, they develop you. And you can see by the success they've had, the amount of guys they got drafted, the amount of guys that are in the big leagues, the amount of guys that are close to the big leagues, like it's all thanks to them. And now, you know, you have a chance this coming season to become another big league terp and, you know, a a, a big league royal and make your major league debut. Do you think about what that moment will be like? Oh, I I think about it every day. Every phone call I get from the Royals, just random checkups, hey, how's your lifting? How's this going on? After I got off the phone, I think about, hey, I think about being on that mound. And I've even replayed interviews in my head of my first, or after my first outing, when I get interviewed, hey, how was your debut? I've played, I've responded to those interviews, and I know for sure the day that comes, a word might not come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> even though even though you, you, you've played this in your head and you know what you kind of want to say, you still think you're going to end up speechless? I have rehearsed this numerous times and i promise you the day it comes i might still be in awe because there's a moment you can't really explain especially with everything i've been through in my baseball career like that moment is is something i won't be able to, to explain to put in words well jose it was awesome seeing you here with the storm chasers the last week of the season in 2021 and you know getting a chance to see you again after you know not really seeing you for five years since we were at maryland at the same time and, you know, whether you start with the Storm Chasers, come this spring, or you start somewhere else and make your way here, or, you know, you bypass Omaha altogether. You know, we're, we're rooting for you. And we love watching you pitch, and, you know, we're wishing you the best, and we hope you enjoy the offseason. We'll catch up soon. Thank you. Sounds good. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for the interview, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Many thanks again to Jose for joining us on the Stormcast. And, you know, I got to say, on a personal note, 
it's been really, really cool to watch Jose's journey from his time at Maryland to seeing him in a Storm Chasers uniform at the tail end of last season. First team I ever covered as a broadcaster was the 2015 Maryland Terrapins, a team that went to a Super Regional and a team that featured, as of now, four future big leaguers. Want to know who led that team in home runs? It was Jose Quas. That's back when he was a position player, and now he's on the mound, dicing him up with an ERA under two. It's really, really cool. So shout-out to College Park and Bob Turtlesmith Stadium and everything that Rob Vaughn, Matt Swope, Mike Morrison, and Anthony Papio were building there. That'll do it for this episode of the Stormcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. A reminder that you can listen to any episodes you might have missed in our archive, or you can even revisit some of your favorite highlights from the 2021 season, and we both know there were a lot of those. Also, make sure you subscribe on your platform of choice so you don't miss our next episode, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook for more information. For everybody with the Omaha Storm Chasers, I'm Jake Eisenberg saying so long. You've been listening to the Stormcast. Everyone get on your feet, stir up the storm, we're family.